Packers News Podcast. Your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me to discuss the latest week in the mad world of Tottenham Hotspur. It's my partner in crime, it's Matt. Hey you mate, do you know you actually, it's actually lucky that I'm on the podcast this week because I could have ended up in hospital after Sunday. Oh well really? Yeah. Why? why? Do we tell you why? Yeah, bring it on. So I don't know if I mentioned the podcast last week that uh, we went to the Isle of Wight yes, uh, for a long said, weekend. Yeah. We got there on the Friday, and I swear, every one person I saw, mostly children, were wearing Spurs shirts. There was no other team apart from Spurs. And I said to Seb, look, this is going to be brilliant. Like, on Sunday, when we watch the game here in the the resort uh, pub, we're just going to be, this going to be a bar full of Spurs fans. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone to a... Like an adventure thing, and we, unfortunately we come back a bit late. So on the drive back, we were listening to the radio, and we sort of heard Chelsea go one 0 up. But we've rushed into the bar, yeah. Open the doors, out of maybe 60, 70 people watching it, one Spurs fan. Oh no! <laughs> so fair enough, you yeah. know, just is what it is. Yep. Let's watch it. Well, you can imagine yeah. the ninety-six minute. I lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, apparently, because the only other lone Spurs fan I saw late in the evening, yeah. I said to him, I think I might have gone a bit overboard. And yeah. apparently he said to me that the guy turned to him, pointed at me and said, if I'm not with my if I went with my kids, I'd be decking that guy right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Let's put it that I way. just lost it, Sam. I lost it. Yeah, do you ever... Um, do you remember the comedian uh, uh, Jasper Carrot? Yeah, of he course. He talks about being a Birmingham City fan yeah. um, and playing Manchester United. And he's there and he's at Old Trafford and he suddenly realised at half-time he somehow wandered. He's got his jacket on so no one can see his shirt. And he somehow wandered into the Man United, like, real, like, skinhead, MUFC tattooed all over them, part of the ground. There's, like, no, it's all red. He said everyone's red. He said, he fe- I felt like scratching my skin, the bleed, so I had a bit of red on me. And <laughs> he said, I'm there with my mate and I'm in the queue and I'm thinking, just get my drink, just get my drink and then go. And his mate's ahead of him and his mate turns around and he goes, Jas, they've not got any ball for hell. And he's like, oh, we're dead. <laughs> we're dead. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, no, I. Well, well done. I mean, you absolutely repped Spurs in the best possible way. I like to see. Um, it was mad, absolutely mad game. But me and you did make a vow last week because we tend to go on the show, we start talking, and we bring in the fan questions, and ninety nine percent of the time we go, "Oh, sorry, yeah, we've already answered that." So we decided this week we would do it first. We would bring in the fan questions early in the show, and that way we could <laughs> we could answer them, and then our discussions could flow from there. We keep to our words, Sam, don't we? We, we try. We remember. <laughs> it's, not, it's never a case of us not wanting to do these things. It's often just a case of we forgot. Oops. <laughs> um, now, last week we had about 10 questions across uh, various social media platforms. Um, various people commented who had their own themes. A couple of people who I said, hey... When you comment again, I'll record your own theme. And I thought to myself during the week, I thought, you know what, I should do that. And if they comment again, well, I've got it ready. Hardly anyone's commented this week. And I thought after that Chelsea game, we would be inundated. I thought like, yeah, yeah everyone would want to say something. We'd have messages, people saying like, hey, what do you think of this? But no, no, we got four, four comments. I think it's a bit it's a bit like what you said, isn't it, about how like if we go if we concede a goal, yeah. we always get tons of comments. If we score a goal, we get very few. Yeah. yeah well, it's weird, isn't yeah, it? It is it is kinda of, Yeah, I, I mean that is one of my favourite things when doing the Facebook updates. It's like I put down like goal conceded one there or something like that and within seconds there's a hundred reactions of like angry face, a few laughing often we're like, Oh, here we go again. But the comments, it's just like vitriol. It's like 10, 20, 30, 40. Just every second, another 10 gets added of people just being angry. We then can equalise 
like five likes, one comment. <laughs> we then take the lead, ten likes, two comments. We we then go like four, five, one up, and it's like, oh, I still can't believe we conceded that first goal. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, please, yeah, please bad. stop, please stop doing this to me. And yeah, but anyway, it's funny. But yeah, so here we go. Uh, we are going to open the show with this. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Now, typically, I say to you, do you want to go to Facebook or Instagram? But we got no choice this week. We've got no on choice. Facebook, yeah. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling really hurt because the people who comment on Instagram, there's a Rock Me Amadeus um, and the Johnny Stark. I've recorded both of them their own themes now. Oh. And they're, they're, I had them loaded up. Already, I was thinking those guys won't let me down, and and they've not commented. Lo and behold, they have. I'm I'm hurting a little bit. I don't know if I've <laughs> given that away, but yeah, it's hurting. Anyway, uh, first up, uh, and one of the heroes of the week is Pete Thompson. Hello, Pete. Welcome. You are now a show listener hero for being someone who's commented. Pete says, "Hi guys. Hope you're all doing well. Recently, we have had a spate of new." of news regarding the academy setup, new head scout, new coaches, and various other roles created or refilled. I have read these statements and still can't really piece together how this academy overhaul is going to work. I would like your insight into this. Also, with this turnaround, do you expect the exodus of talent from the academy to continue into January? Glad to have you guys back. Keep up the good work. Um, what was, I mean, have you been seeing much of the announcements and stuff, mate? No, Sam, you you know, you're the one to answer this question. (laughs) Well, uh, there was a genuine thing. Like, have you seen, because I know you've been away and I know like the internet's been spread, but have you seen that Yaya Ture is now full-time in our academy as a coach? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And obviously Jermaine Defoe's involved. Jermaine Defoe has returned. Um, He's a Yido. Yeah, he, he is back and he is already working on teaching the strikers how to stay on side. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you know what I was gonna? Do you know the, the Yaya Toure thing? Yeah, I find that a really strange one because why did he not go to Man City to to get his coaching badges and everything? Why? Is, where's the Spurs link come well, from? Well, I just... I can help with this a little there bit. I feel. Um, I can tell you the rumor why he came to Tottenham to finish his thing and not Man City, and then I can tell you the factual reason why he is now employed by us. So starting off with the rumor. Do you remember when Yaya's career at Man City was coming to an end? There was this really ridiculous story about him being really pissed off that no one wished him a happy birthday. Yes, I remember that. And yeah. it became like this running joke that, like, his agent put a statement out. It's like there wasn't a cake, there was no social media, like, and it was like everyone was like, "Wow, dude was demanding cake," <laughs> and it was. It became like a kind of a funny thing. However, it would appear that the relationship he had there kind of really soured towards the end where he felt like he was being pushed out before he was ready to leave. Um, I think perhaps Pep had decided you, you don't, you've lost a step, you're not what I need in this team now. And he was kind of, he still felt he was ready to play. <laughs> um, but yeah, and as it was, you know, that's what happened. He moved on. Um, so I don't think the relationship, although, you know, he's quite openly, you know, still very much, uh, you know, thinks highly of Man City and the fans. I don't think necessarily around Pep and the coaching team, I don't think he's that enamoured, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. And so when he when he was doing his coaching and his certificates and everything, um, I think it was just a case of he knew several people at Spurs um, and it just made sense, you know, sometimes it just makes sense, uh, London-based, which is where he wanted to be, and the club was so impressed, now this is the bit I know for a fact, the club was so impressed with him during that, they basically said, like, you know, we want you to work here, you know, we have been blown away by, by the work you're doing, the impact you've had on these young players just by being here and speaking to them, and he he finished up everything and yeah straight away um the deal was done he was he was there and he's full time. Um, it's fantastic because like you know I saw I saw a picture of one of the players on the new signings I think with yeah. him and they're like oh my god like yeah, you're yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 Basuma yeah Basuma Basuma yeah, tweeted right, it yeah. this week he just yeah. he walked into the training ground bumped into him and was like ah one of my idols. <laughs> 
Um, it's, it's the impact. It's a funny thing because I think he's obviously very knowledgeable. He's very tactically astute. He always was as a player, and that's obviously going to translate into his coaching. But there is an element as well of, like, he is an absolute world beater. Been there, seen it, done it, won it. And I think there's a lot of young players, so like under 16s, under 17s, where he's working, are just going to be like, wow, <laughs> what do you do today? Well, I spent the day with Yaya Churi. What about you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and it's just going to give that feeling of, like, the, the wow factor, you know, like... Why, why am I signing with Spurs? Why am I in this academy setup? Why am I here, not over there? Well, I get to work with Yaya Churi, Jermaine Defoe every day. Mm. It does have an impact. You know, it, it definitely does. Um, the the overall restructuring thing is, is really fluid at the moment. Now, one of the things the club had for a long time was continuity in the academy, and that was by a guy called John McDermott. Um, he was... Um, he oversaw everything, <laughs> like every age group. He would know the players, the ins and outs. He would be in charge of almost like recruiting them, finding them, sourcing them from like age 8 to 18. He would know them inside out. Um, and because of that, John was kind of invaluable to, to us as a club. Um, and he was <laughs> what we learned very quickly was actually, you know, he wasn't replaceable. You can't... You can't have someone in that level of knowledge of your entire academy leave and replace them with someone who, of course, has not recruited these players, has not worked with them day to day. It's impossible because they come in and they basically like look around and go, oh, um, yeah, that kid over there is quite good. Uh, you know, the ginger one. Um, I don't know his name. You know, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the yeah, same yeah, as yeah. John, who could literally go, oh, yeah, Matthew Craig, Michael Craig, you know, the twins. Yeah, I can tell them apart because I've known them since they were eight. Uh, yeah, he plays like this. He plays like that. His strength is his left foot. His strength is right. You know, he could literally do that. And when Pochettino was there, he insisted as part of the transfer committee, John McDermott was on it because anytime discussions were being had over players, being bought john could literally say like okay that profile you're looking at right there i have that in the academy right now we have two players who would fit that take a look at them before you sign someone the club really lost that when john left so you got two ways of doing it you either in essence write off you know a certain generation of players appoint someone new and he will start the process again of recruiting the youngsters and coming through and stuff like that but I think what Paratici said when he came in, which is different to... Because Daniel Levy was going to go down that road. But Paratici came in and says, when, when you do that, you are basically opening yourself up to the same problem. You know, uh, a new guy is going to do that. And then if a new guy gets offered a job somewhere else and leaves, you're, you're done again. You know, you're starting all over again. So the structure's being changed, so it's a little bit more... Um, uh, compartmental uh, you're going to see the academy below the under 18s level uh, separated down in each of their individual coaching like Domain Defoe's working there, Yaya Tura's working there and someone overseeing that sort of like the pre-18 under 18s and then it's when players turn 17 etc, 16, 17 they then become scholars, that's when they get they can basically become part-time professionals, full-time professionals so at that point, you're seeing it then move into the academy system and you're kind of migrated and people there are overseeing that. So although people are overseeing the whole structure, you're not ever going to have this situation again where you've got this one guy who knows everything. You're going to have coaches across the whole setup who specialize in their area and then one person over I can go in to them, okay, what do we have in your group? You know, where's your strengths? Where's the weaknesses? Who do you think's ready to be promoted up a level? Who's not? And that way, like I said, it's like, you know, if you take one person out, you can hopefully replace them and, and the, the machine keeps her like cogs. The machine keep going. The way we had it before, losing John was massive. Mm. Like, it was like, literally, there was one cog in the machine and it went. <laughs> so, now you're replacing it with 20 where if one goes the other 19 are still running and, and so that, that I, I, I pardon me this probably isn't a very good analogy but 
that's the idea. The idea is to change the structure. And the other thing that's happening massively behind the scenes is obviously around recruitment. So you're seeing a lot of stuff about scouting, scouts being recruited um, uh, from different places. Uh, we've just taken on someone who worked with Watford and Udinese, um, and he played a key role in us in our latest signing, um, Destiny Udugu. I don't know how to say his name. Do you know, um, he uh, he did an interview, didn't he, like they always yeah. do, and he, he came across really positive listening to him. Really in the well, and how yeah. good is his English, by the way? Yeah, was, that's what I thought, because he's Italian. Yeah, he's 19, 19 Italian. He speaks flu- yeah. uh, fluent English. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing for English people, isn't it, when you see yeah. people do that. It's like, wow. Yeah. My idea of going abroad is saying English louder. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Shout, put an O yeah. on the end. I the want arrow. that one, <laughs> the one I'm pointing at. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear do, do you know you were saying about the, the different coaches, the specialist ones as yeah. well? I did see somewhere. I don't know if it was you that pointed it out. You know, so many outlets and ways of getting information yeah, nowadays. And it was about the free kit coach that we've got. Yeah, we, the we set, have the set a set coach, piece specialist. Yeah, but he's got. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's. I've read somewhere or heard somewhere that he's got like something like four thousand combinations. Yeah. In it. he's got like a book of four thousand combinations, yeah. and then he'll look at each individual player, and he'll go right, you're you're good for this. Uh, so for example, he'll look at Eric Dyer and go, right, I have my four thousand combinations. Yeah. You could do these these ones, which is fantastic. But then I'm thinking. What are the what odds do you think there are that out of all those combinations he's got one for Harry Kane? I, I'm very hopeful <laughs> that Harry Kane will stop taking free kicks. I, I'm <laughs> hopeful that this full time specialist coach will sit down with him and say, Hey Harry, would you like a drink? No? No, okay, alright, good. So free kicks. Uh we think you are amazing. <laughs> but World class. <laughs> but um we're seeing kids in the academy score more than you. <laughs> um, and we're talking about the, the, the blind kids that are here for a day. And uh, we, we we just generally feel that perhaps you should maybe not take them anymore. We, me me and, um, me and my daughter actually have a bet. Every time Harry Kane lines up a free kick, it's the wall or the stand. That's literally what we say. Yeah. And I say wall practically every time, and I'm disappointed to see that I'm right. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's going on. Could, but the funny thing is, and I think this is the reason why you still like have this, is because he is so amazing. You sort of have this feeling that at some point it's going to go bang top corner, yeah. and you're going to lose it because you're going to be like, yeah. "Where did that come he from?" Did it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it is. He's like, I don't get it. In training, I nuke these every time. And it's like, I get on the pitch and I just hit the wall. So strange, isn't it? It is bizarre. But uh, sorry, so just to finish that off, do I see the exodus of talent continuing? I honestly don't know. It's a really difficult thing. And of course, this is purely just my opinion. And my opinion is, if we don't pay the same money to the scholars and to the kids in the academy that they're getting in other clubs, and by the way, I'm not talking about our top six rivals, I'm talking about every other club in the Premier League, and some clubs in the Championship are paying the kids more than we are. We have a very interesting structure where we will reward the young players with new deals on a regular basis. So, and this is just a figure off the top of my head. So let's say a young player has been agreed a deal on £1,000 a week. We will say to him, if you hit these targets, we'll increase that to 2500 Hit these targets, five. Hit these targets. And we will do that. Like you will see on a regular basis young players constantly getting new deals. They're not a nice the club, but that's what happens just because they hit these targets. Whereas Charlton, at the moment, who are a club who are in financial trouble and everything like that, as a basic, are paying their academy more than we are. Now, that's a very difficult thing, because if you are a young player and you're in London-based, and you've come come through the youth at Tottenham and you're highly regarded, and everyone says, oh, you know, we want to offer you a scholarship, you're highly regarded, and you're like, okay, if I'm that highly regarded, why is it like everyone around me is... You know, like, I went to school with 10 kids who were all in different academies, and Millwall and Charlton, and they're all earning more than me. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> you know, I'm highly regarded, but I'm not worth more than that. And and you also have to think about the pathway, which I know is a term I use a lot, which is that kid could then look at that and go, well, if I go to Charlton, 
although the coach, I know the facilities aren't the same. I know the coaching is not going to be at the same level, but I could probably break into the first team. Like, I believe in myself. I could break into that first team. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm in the shop window for all of, you know, the big clubs and everyone like that. And that's kind of what's happening right now. we got a lot of talented players looking at this going, well, if I can earn the same money somewhere else and I've got a better chance of making it to the first team there, I'm going. You know, why would I sign a new deal here where... It doesn't make sense, you know. Uh, it's just not not a likely thing to do. I don't see that changing unless um, we change our attitude to that, and I don't think we will. I, I think there's uh, an inbuilt Daniel Levyism into that, which is I don't give young players a lot of money because young players will lose their motivation I, and by the way i can completely understand the way we structure it and i completely get it and it's just reached a point now where i can understand why some of the young players and the advice the young players again i can completely understand it think about some of the top talent in the british academy system they're going to germany <laughs> they're yeah, not going sure. to germany because germany is the best league in the world where they get the big wages. You know, they're earning the equivalent in Germany playing first-team football in the Bundesliga is what they will in the championship. But they're playing in the Bundesliga in front of all those... You know, they are literally going there and getting and being given opportunities. Young players don't really get... You know, unless you're a real exception, you don't really get given minutes in the Premier League. You might get a loan in the championship... But that's that's kind of where we're at, and it's it's a difficult thing. It's um, I don't, and I will say that the fans play a part in this as well. And I, I say this as as a fan, it is very very difficult thing with young players and when you're coaching them, because you're aware of social media and the way fans are nowadays. That if you bring a young player into the team, that young player makes a mistake. That could be the end of their career. Yeah, because fans lynch them. They just jump on it and just won't let it go. The mythology around Harry Winks only ever passing backwards is because he had a couple of games where he probably did that. And that's it. That's it. That's it. His Tottenham career, for a lot of fans, will always be, oh, Harry, yeah, he was the guy who couldn't pass the ball forward. you only got to look at stats to see that that's a complete myth. It's, it's complete nonsense. But it's like, it's there now. It, it's just, that exists. That is the thing. Carl Walker-Peters is almost like mythology. Oh, yeah, you know, Carl, yeah, well, he wasn't good enough. The guy played two games, got man of the match in both games. He played about another five games where he did great. He made a mistake against uh, Barcelona, which led to a goal. And people were like, yeah, he wasn't good enough. <laughs> A mistake against Barcelona at the new Camp, by the way. <laughs> it's like a young player, just gone, written off. No, 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 he's no good. Josh Onoma was another one. Josh Onoma didn't come in. and I, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Harry Kane was both the best and the worst thing that ever happened to our academy because it was amazing that every young player in our academy could see, wow, I can make it with hard work. And it was a nightmare because every fan expects every academy kid to be Harry Kane. You know, if you don't come in and you're not world class scoring goals on day one, oh yeah, you ain't good enough. Yeah, but anyway, um, I hope I've answered that, Pete. I I hope I have. Um, up next is a question from Matthew Fleming, uh, who's our second hero of the week. He says, "Great to have the podcast back. I'm curious what you guys think." Sorry, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are in regards to our progress since the three losses to Chelsea in early 2022. A draw at the bridge is a pretty good result. Can we take this as a clear sign of progress under Conte? Matt? Yeah, quality-wise, I I mean, the the game, I'll I'll happily say that Chelsea deserved to win that game. They were a far, far better team than we were. The whole game, I think, they were a far better team. But almost going back to what I was, what I said at the beginning where I nearly got my head kicked in. Mm. I, I sat there and I just knew we weren't going to lose. I know it's easy to say in hindsight. I know it is. And it's the same with the Southampton when we, yeah. when we went one nil down, but I just feel like Conte has just instilled this never give up mentality that 
it's like the Pochettino. That's what it was like under yeah. Pochettino. That never give up, never, never give up. And what I loved as well um, was I don't know if you noticed this, but when so they were all over us all game, yeah. and it was like this is just if we can get anything out of this, it'll be insane. But when we equalised, yeah. um, uh, Charlison picked the ball out of the goal. Yeah, like he grabbed it and picked it out. Now most teams go to Chelsea. And like you ridiculise, everyone's just going mad, jumping. But he was like, no, we want to win this. Like, you know, we, we want to, I want to win this. This is yeah. a game I want to win, you know. And so it's been really driven into the players that don't give up. You want to win every single game. And that's what I'm seeing coming through. So from the point of view of um, do we look better? Do we look at an improved team? Yeah, I'd say we do. But I I, I think the most important thing is, is for me anyway, from what I can see is the, men, the mentality shift yeah. in the squad. That's really I, um, becoming apparent. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I, I read a lot for after the game and all week basis, like how poor we were. Like, oh, we were so crap. You know, how can anyone say this is progress? We were so crap. Um, and, and I kind of look at, I think, and this is a real thing that happens in all sport. It's like no one looks at that and goes, how great Chelsea were. And and this is the thing. They were really, really good. And I, yeah, they were. Like, yeah. And people were talking about this, and, and I kept, and I've, I've said it to a few people. And if you're listening and we've had these conversations this week, you'll know my point of view. And apologies for repeating it, but we pressed really well, and Chelsea managed to go to one touch football to beat our press, and it was exceptional. Like I literally, I was watching, thinking, "Wow, that is, they are at a level today. You know, they are playing really well today." So they completely beat our press, which made it look like our midfield didn't exist. Reality was we were chasing shadow and we were hunting in packs and we were doing everything right. But when it's one touch football to that level, there's not a lot you can do. You, know, you can then sit deep, which obviously isn't something we want to do and isn't something you want to see. But we did have to for large parts of the games because they were just cutting through us. And yeah, when you're playing to that level... It's very difficult. It is very, very difficult to get on top. It's at Stamford Bridge. The crowd are on you. Um, that you know, Who hate us. They hate, hate us. us. And I said this before. Chelsea lift their game against Tottenham. Uh, like West Ham do. But the difference is Chelsea are a whole other level to West Ham. The players are a whole other level. And they are. And, you know, you look at Jorginho in that game. The guy was... The guy looked like peak world beating one of the best players in the world. Watching it, it was just like this is crazy. This guy, <laughs> the the work he's putting in, the effort, and what he's doing. Um, but the thing is, this difference on last season is we'd have lost that game two 0 three 0 last season without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, um, because the team just wouldn't have been able to cope with that. And it was a very similar pattern. If you think back to those games, they were basically the same. And the thing that I, I want to try and get across to people is there is no God-given right to dominate another side. You know, you like Tottenham can be a very, very good side, but on a day, are second best because that's the nature of sport. What is the telling difference for me, and what is I think what you were just saying, is the mentality has completely changed. So even going one nil down at Chelsea, I didn't see. I saw the team obviously disappointed, but I didn't see the team turn on each other. I didn't see them look despondent. You know, there was a there was a water break, I think, about 25 minutes. And something I spotted straight away was like, you know, the coach is obviously talking to everyone. Perisic went straight to Sessegnon. I don't know if you saw this. No, and was basically acting like a coach. You could see him just absolutely, like, detailing to him, you know, I've been watching, this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do. And it's something that I'm just so blown away with Perisic since he's come in. Like like I said to you last week, some of these players, you know, they're out of contract, they sign a big deal with a club, they coast. This guy has arrived, he doesn't have that in him at all. He has arrived to help Sessignon and to help this team, and you can really see it. And his impact, yeah. like Sessignon, immediately after that water break, he, he basically took two steps forward at the pitch. He just suddenly, it was like, no, I, I've been sat deep. I'm not going to sit deep now. And and just by doing that, it made Chelsea, you could actually see a difference straight away. And we slowly got back into the game. We made it at halftime. We came out. We got the equaliser. 
um, after making a tactical switch with Richarlison coming on. And here's the other thing that's a massive difference this season. We've recruited well. Our, our summer transfer window has allowed us to change the game from the bench. And he did. Like, for me, Richarlison came on and was a fucking nuisance. Yeah. He charges down everything. He runs down every ball. Every, he must, defenders must hate him. Um, and, you know, and when he does get the ball, he's able to hold it up well. And when he, you know, he wins free kicks. And he, he has that just inane ability that people want to punch him. But, you know, you could tell. And he's now our guy who does that. And he just, he ran himself in there. Like, he came on and he ran himself into the ground for the calls. Um, we got the equaliser. And the, the frustrating thing was, immediately after we equalised, Chelsea made a shift. Like, they got their wing-backs wide and forward, like an extra winger. It's not wing-backs. And there is Conte on the sideline with two substitutions ready because he identified that and was waiting to, to make our tactical change to nullify it. And they grabbed the goal <laughs> before he could do it. And you, like if you watch them celebrating when Tuchel runs down the touchline... He's there with the subs. It's like literally he's identified it. They've made the change. Right, we now need to make a change. And they grab the goal beforehand. So, I, I mean, I was gutted. I was thinking, oh, no, you know, this is this is a nightmare. <laughs> you know, we. But again, he makes that tactical change again. And I don't know about anybody else, but like you said about you, you felt really confident that we were still going to get a result. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't. I, I was kind of like, oh, why is it, you know, why does it always go this way with Chelsea? <laughs> this is, this feels like it's following the same bloody script. I was like, oh, this is so good. And Kane missed that chance as well earlier on. I was like, he doesn't score in August again. This is a nightmare. <laughs> and then, of course, Perisic comes on. And the guy's delivery from set piece, whether it's his right foot or his left foot, that's a difference maker. You know, that, that ability to come on and make that much of an impact like Richarlison did, is phenomenal. And we now have that. So when we're talking about, you know, the differences from those games before, I think we got a factor in the squad now is so much better. And it gives the manager these options to go, right, we're going to switch to this and do this. We got back in the game. Okay, they've taken the lead again. Okay, let's switch to this and do this. And we, and we of course, we have grabbed the equaliser. Yeah, and, the, and the, both those corners, like, both of them were, fantastic corners yeah and it's something rare to see as Spurs fans to see like corners flying in yeah and the thing is like you see Kane got his head on that Richarlison was right behind him yeah I I swear either of them would have scored that Um, I think Richarlison thought he scored it didn't he because he ran off and then realised it weren't him and it went to to grab Kane and Kane just like pushed him away no mate I'm counting those fans I am running to the away end I know 96th minute equaliser at Stamford Bridge I need to get to the Tottenham fans fast yeah yeah Uh, okay next one up is Ryan Miller Ryan hello Ryan I have news for you I have decided despite you being on Facebook I will be creating your own because you're always there for us man you always ask questions you will get your own theme next week. Awesome. Uh, okay, Ryan says, who out of the new signings, if any, would you like to see starting against Wolves? I'd like to see Richarlison in for Kulisevsky, Basuma for Bentoncourt, Perisic for Sessignon. Um, what, what about yourself? What, what do you think? Uh, I, the, the only one I'd kind of consider, I think, would be the third one. Yeah. Uh, Perisic for, for Sessignon. And funny enough, it, it was something I was going to mention because I know you've just been speaking about it with the Chelsea game. Yeah. Because it's really, it's a it's a really um, it's a it's a big dilemma. Like my, my thought process on it is that it's a really big dilemma. So on one side, you know, I want Sessignon to to you know he's he's, he's improving and I want him to carry on improving. And, and yeah. like you said, you've got Perisic who's giving him advice mm-hmm. and helping his game. But then on the other side, you've got the guy that's telling him this that that, that can do it, yeah. you know, <laughs> that that wouldn't have to coach someone. He would be doing that because yeah. he's that experienced defender. But then you're leaving out the player who where you could potentially knock his confidence. And I I, I, just, I want to see Perisic on the pitch, but then yeah. at, it's at the expense of Sessegnon. I isn't it? I 
would like to think, and I, I know this is a real opinion thing, I would like to think him rotating with Perisic would not knock his confidence. I'd like to think that he would look at that as, okay, I'm now on the bench, I'm watching him play. Like, I am watching Perisic do this stuff, and I'm ready, boss. You know, like, you, you bring me on. You bring me on with 20 minutes to go. Let me use my pace. Let Perisic go out there for an hour, wear this guy down, <laughs> let me come on and blow him away. Do you know what I mean? Like, have that attitude of, you know, I am rotating with one of the, probably the one of the world's best in my position. Yeah. I'm working with this guy day in, day out. We all know I'm the future, but now, you know, I need to compete with him. I need to yeah. raise my level. I need to learn. And if he's got that attitude, which I, he seems to, like in the interviews, he seems to be really, really loving this, like really loving where he's at right now. That's the way to be. Because it, Conte would be very upfront with all of them. Like there are four competitions we're in and there's a World Cup. You all are going to be rotated. <laughs> like all of you are going to be rotated. Hugo, probably not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But <laughs> the vast majority of you, you are going to have to have minutes here, minutes there. Now, I can make five subs in a game now. Therefore, no one get precious. No one get like, oh, I want to be on every minute. Of every... No, no one get that way because I'm going to swap you around. Um, I, I really like Benton Core. I think Benton Core helps us tick. I think his ability to find space, constant movement of the ball, I really like. Um, Pesuma to, to start, I, I'd like to start him instead of Hoybier. Not that I've got anything against Pierre Mill, but I just think he's someone who benefits from being rested and maybe being forced to rest a little bit, where he's not playing every minute of every game. <laughs> um, but that's just my opinion. Um, and you, uh, the idea of starting Richarlison over Kulusevski, no, not for me. No, um, not for me either. Uh, I think our front three is very good. I think Kulisevsky got nullified by Chelsea quite well because they were worried about him. Um, but they did a very good job of doing that to Son as well. Sonny got marked out of the game. And Kane, for large parts, was being marked out of the game. Um, it was only later on as you know, people got tired, those guys started finding space. Well, when they brought Richarlison on, that made a difference. Well, it as well, does. It, it does make a difference. And I think you also need to look at that, and you know, we need to go out there and we need to beat Wolves. Um, you know, we need to uh, really put in a performance as well. You know, because it's okay. You know, you get that ninety-six minute equaliser against Chelsea, and it's a point away at Stamford Bridge. That is a good result as long as you then beat Wolves. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, if you then draw or lose at home to Wolves. That result meant nothing. And and yeah. that's where we have fallen down so many times. But I had this conversation the other day because it was the anniversary of the Battle of the Bridge. And obviously it was a big discussion. Not anniversary, sorry. It was just a big discussion because of the game. And a lot of people were going on about, oh, you know, everyone, you know, we lost our heads in that game. It was crap. And I was kind of like, no, no, no. Let, let's let's uh, re rewind this. People like to rewrite history with the narrative that's been pushed by the media. Tottenham lost their heads. Tottenham lost that game. Tottenham lost the title that night. We lost the title losing to Leicester and West Brom in previous games. We lost to West Brom at home, I think 1-0. And we lost to Leicester. Or no, we, we ended up drawing with Leicester in a last-minute equaliser. Those were the games. If we'd won those games, because Leicester had dropped points, and obviously we'd have beat them, they'd have dropped points we'd have been just three points behind them when we played Chelsea. It would have been a very, very different thing. And then if we'd lost like 11 yellow cards or whatever and ended up drawing, people could point at that and go, ah, they lost their heads, they lost the title. The reality is we got bullied by Chelsea and all the other big teams for years. Yeah. And we went there that night with the whole attitude of, we will not be bullied tonight. It, you know, we were fired up beyond measure. And yes, I will say definitely over the top. <clears throat> but that laid the blueprint for the next season. Think about the next season. We were unbeaten at home that whole year. Our last season at White Hart Lane was the following year. And we were unbeaten at home that entire year. We went on the road. Not Nobody bullied us. There was not a team in the league. We dominated teams. 
yes, we still finished second, ironically to Chelsea, under Conte, <laughs> but <laughs> we were probably, and like you look at our points total, everything that season, that's won the league on different occasions. Just Chelsea had that amazing, I think it was like 14-game winning run, something ridiculous. But we were not bullied by anybody that season, and it was because of the blueprints laid that night. Yes, people can point out, yes, we got a lot of stick for it. Yes, we got fined by the FA and we'd go down as the dirtiest game in history. Whatever. Next season, nobody fucked with us. No, of course. <laughs> and it yeah. was the blueprint of that game that basically allowed that because everyone in the league went, oh, all right, okay, Tottenham aren't a soft touch. <laughs> you know, you start kicking their players, they're going to kick back now. Yeah. And that enabled Pochettino to then build something. So, yeah, I know... The attitude around that game is weird, but I, the, to me, whenever I see it, I smile because of that, because of the next season. I don't. The title had already gone. Anyone who doesn't think it did, look back over the results. We'd already cocked that up, but it was that for me was the building block which allowed us to do something really special the following year. Okay, final question. Uh, Tom Perk says, "Who do you think will get relegated this season?" Do any of the promoted teams have enough from what you've seen in the first two games? Man, that's tough after two games. Yeah, very early to um, call it, isn't it? I'd say Man United, West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, honestly, Tom, after two games, I don't know, mate. Who do I think you get... I mean, obviously, always the promoted teams are the ones that you look at. I mean, Fulham, I think, go up and down every year, every other year. They basically swap with Norwich. Um, in fact, it is, it is funny seeing Man United bottom of the league, though. I know it's only two it games in, it's, it's a very strange sight, isn't it? Just just above and West Ham, yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's perfect. Man right. United are rock bottom of the league, and their next game's Liverpool, and Liverpool are pissed. Liverpool <laughs> have lost one, drawn one, had their star striker sent off for dropping a headbutt, and are are annoyed you know they are mad and man united are looking at that going <laughs> yay <laughs> oh goody um i did see somewhere if they don't score against liverpool yeah. they'll have to pick an own goal for their goal of the goal of the, yeah, goal of the month yeah, yeah, i did see that yeah. <laughs> I, I think they'll just keep their gob shut and not do it will they um <laughs> i yeah i i honestly don't know i mean do you know, I've just said this stupidly. Norwich and Fulham basically swap places. Can anyone remember the last year both of them were in the Premier League at the same time? Yeah, I genuinely feel like they just swap places. Uh, so I'm going to say Fulham <laughs> because I feel like that's a safe bet. Um, I'd like West Ham to go down because I feel like that's overdue. Yeah. Uh, but unlikely. <laughs> um, I, I think Everton are going to really struggle again. Uh, Everton are going to really struggle. It, ma- it makes it. it makes me a little sad because I don't dislike Everton. Uh, I said this last year. I said like part of me really wants to see him go down because it's like that's massive Everton going down. But then they're kind of like us of Merseyside, and I feel for them a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, neighbours up the road tend to win stuff a lot more. Bloody annoying as well. <laughs> just, I, I feel for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, they look like they're going to struggle um, at the moment. Um, I, I personally, I will stand, I've said this before, I don't rate Frank Lampard. I don't think he's that good. And I think that by Christmas, they'll be appointing a Sam Allardyce type person to get them out of it. Um mm. But I don't know. It's it's a strange one. I I just uh, my my yeah. I I don't know, Tom. I I'm gonna pick Fulham as someone I think will get relegated. What about you, Matt? Just if you're just yeah, picking one. If we go for one of them, yeah. I mean, I hope they do. I hope they stay up. But yeah, F- Fulham. I don't think, normally when teams come up. So you look at the other two, Bournemouth and Forest. Yeah. I don't think. They're gonna. I don't think they're gonna get relegated. You know, they, it's that first yeah. season kind of. Um, well, yeah, Forest have started. Buzz really they well, get, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? I mean, South, it's so, two games. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about it in yeah. February, shall we? Yeah, Christmas. In the Christmas, Christmas special. We we'll have a. We'll have a lovely, happy relegation chat. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're not part of it, who gives a. F- yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, you talk to um, 
talk to people about like relegation and stuff like that. And I, it's like there's a whole generation of Tottenham fans watching and loving Tottenham right now who don't know that feeling. <laughs> it's oh, like the haunting feeling. Yeah, that, yeah. that sickening feeling of having to get a result against Wimbledon. Yeah. The original Wimbledon, not the AFC not version. The stolen ones. <laughs> not the the MK Dons before they were the MK Dons. The original crazy gang where you basically any team, no matter how good you were, could play them on any given day. The wind could be really bad. They're up and <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like you had no idea. Um so yeah, yeah. Oh, the do you know fun. T- talking about teams that are haunted with relegation, yeah. um Seb and I have been well our second team Stephenish because it's yeah, where he was born yeah. and it's quite close to us and they nearly got relegated last season but they kind of pulled it out of the bag the last three or four games they and we I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod at the time but we went to the uh, Rochdale game and they had to basically win to stay up and they did win and it was on his, it was his birthday treat so it was really made it kind of thing yeah and um so this this season we're kind of expecting the same, but they're flying at the moment, Stephen. So they they beat Reading in the Carabao Cup, which is insane. I didn't expect that. So they're in the second round, yeah. and they'd won two and drawn one of the first three league games. And we was at home on uh, Tuesday, and I don't know if you're this, it happens with you with your apps, but it popped up Stevenage about to play soon. And I looked, I'm like, oh my God, they're playing Rochdale again at home in half an hour. I'm like, do you want to go, Seb? And he was like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> so nice. we just, just got in the car and went, because it's only like 10 minutes away from where we are. And they won. They won again, 1-0. So yeah. they're joint top of the league. So it's a really strange feeling as a, as a kind of a, as a sort of semi-supporter of Stevens yeah. to see them up up there. Really, really odd. But they, they, they went up to League One a few years ago. I mean, they've always been a non-league team, really, but they got promoted and they went up to League One. They've sort of settled in League Two, but they, they've been hanging on by the skin of their teeth for the last few years. So, Well, no, I like that. And also our academy play at Stevenage, the under-21s. So there's a, there's a good link, Tottenham and Stevenage. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good, I, hope they, I hope they have a good season. And yeah. I mean, they... By the sounds of things, I mean, I don't follow them anywhere near as much as I follow Spurs, but I was talking to a fan sitting there and they've had a, like a massive overhaul. I think they've like brought in 11, 12, 13 players and just try to completely overhaul the team. And yeah. it, at the moment, it seems to be working. Oh, I love it, mate. Absolutely love it. So yeah. uh, today is 10 years since Harry Kane made his Premier League debut. 10 years? Mate. Bloody hell. That... That's hit me. <laughs> yeah, ten, and right, so there's a tweet from Harry Kane. It says, Today is 10 years since my Premier League debut. Time flies. I've got a bit of spare time later, so going to answer some of your questions. Reply to this, and I'll respond to some a bit later on. Oh, okay. I personally have not opened this yet, but something tells me there could be some carnage in here. It's going to be some arseholes and it's like Arsenal fans, West Ham, Chelsea, uh, all the stuff on there, aren't there? The thing is, look, he's he's got he's got thick enough skin, hasn't he, to ignore? Oh that. no, he, he's, enough, he's fine. He? He's all right. He's pretty good with stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but there, there's, yeah. Okay, so I've, I've just found one that generally did make me laugh. And the person said, which has been your favourite free kick goal? And a winky, <laughs> smiley. Yeah, okay, well done. <laughs> oh dear, right, okay, let's just, that's just, that's just move move away from that. Because I just, I can't I can... believe it's been 10 years though, mate, 10 hey, that's, years. Like... That's, that's really, <laughs> really hit me, I don't know. Was like that, was it. that, did, did he score, because he, he scored on his debut, uh, didn't he, or was it? I don't know if it was his debut, I think he came off the bench to get some minutes. Um, right. Oh no, I don't like it. Because he scored, he scored on his debut for for England after about two minutes on the pitch, didn't yeah, he? If, if not less, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's going to be England's all-time goal scorer soon. Oh, uh, he's going to be everyone. Everyone. He broke. He's he's let's say broken another record. He's now joint top, isn't he, with the amount of goals scored yeah. uh, in the in the Premier League for one club? Yeah, for one he, club, one yeah. club. Um, do, do, do you know what? You're talking about players who've just been at one club for a long time as well. Yeah, it came up on my. Uh, I don't think it came up on my memory. Actually, it did come up on my memories because I commented on it when we beat West Ham one nil. Um, I think it might have been. Pochettino's was it Pochettino's first league league game in uh, 2014? Is that when Dyer scored the yeah. win? Yeah, 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 
And that was 2014. So yeah. Dyer's been at the club for like eight years. Yeah, a legend, mate. That's insane. Hmm. So yeah. him, and, him, Kane and Lloris, they're the real... I mean, Lloris has been with us since yeah, 2011, yeah. hasn't they, he? They, so... they are properly the OGs. To, to, to speak like the youth in it, blood, um, <laughs> they are the OGs. The OGs. What are the OGs? What's that stand for? Old geezers. No. Old geezers. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's a way of saying originals, but I, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I am old. <laughs> I, I, I wind up, I wind up Layla sometimes. Like she'll go to me. What does like all those things yeah. they say? And she was like, "What does LOL mean?" Yeah. I go, "Do I know that means? It means lots of love." Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the kid like lose it. Like no, idiot. <laughs> Yeah, no, good, good. Uh, you you got to keep them on their toes. <laughs> um, speaking of kids, by the way, um, a lot of people uh, messaged in to say that Mystic Seb called it 2-2. Two, two. He did. He did. Um, yeah. and, and people are now betting their life savings based oh, on the darn. words of Mystic Seb. Are we going to start getting hate mail now when, when, it, when it all goes wrong? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So so don't tell people you live near Stevenage, whatever you no. do. <laughs> yeah. Just send it off to Stevenage, yeah. I'm sure they'll pass yeah, it on. They'll be good. Uh, but of course, we can't now possibly drop this feature, so here we go. Now it's time to listen to the predictions of Mystic Seb. Even though Spurs usually lose at home to Wolves, I have a good feeling about uh, the Wolves game. I'm going to go 3-0 to Spurs. He's getting into this now. He is. He's a little preamble. He's like, like, you know, I've got a good feeling. In a couple of weeks' time, it's going to be the trees, leaves move slightly to the left, which means to me, you know, I I looked at my breakfast cereal this morning and my Cocoa Pops turned the milk really chocolatey. It's going to be (laughs) 2-1. Legend. Love it. Yeah, he is... do you know what? Because he he know like I said to him before, I went just be wary because we do lose every seem to lose every single time we play Wolves at yeah, home. And to be yeah, fair, we do. Oh, no, he was Ever. he was he is adamant. He is adamant about this. This it's is going to change. Yeah. yeah. So uh, everyone, place your bets, and Matthew can be contacted <laughs> on <laughs> if you if, if any comeback whatsoever. Now I'm going to make this abundantly clear: if you are gambling based on Mystic Seb. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Do please, that. please don't. Or if you're or gonna if you do and you win a lot of money, send some to me because I've yeah, obviously helped you. Yeah. Or, or yeah, if you win loads of money, but if you are gonna do that, do stupid bet like fifty p. Don't, 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 don't go. Ah, oh, my baby's milk money. Don't do that. No, I can't. I can't live with that. It's meant to be a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. But yes, Mystic Seb has no spoken, so I feel better already. You know, he got last yeah. week, right? I've got no reason to doubt him. No, of course. Um, the Wolves game is next, um, and it's often the case, like I said earlier on, you've got to back up the result. You go away and get a draw against a rival. It only means something if you then beat the team at home you play next. Can, can you remember? Can genuinely though, can you remember the last time we beat Wolves at home? No, I can't, mate. No, I, have I, we? I, I think we must have. I, it just I have these kind of like mental blocks around certain things. I think where because like Seb said that like oh we tend to lose to them at home, and I was kind of like, do we? I've managed. Yeah. I've managed to repress that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like like that five one Newcastle defeat at the end of that season. You just kind of my brain goes, didn't happen. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Sissoko yeah. scored twice. Don't talk bollocks. That never happened. <laughs> um, so he just kind of, yeah. I, I, I think the thing is with wolves. I have it in my head. We st- we have an issue with wolves. Like, yeah. and it seems to come back to me. It's like we were beating them. I seem to remember we beat them at their ground, like three nil. We always beat them at their ground, but always lose at our ground <clears throat> every single season. And they came back, and it was like three two, and then they hit the post, and we held on. But like in my head, it was like, oh, this is hell. Playing Wolves is hell. Um, I would very, very much like us to put in a performance, obviously. Mm. Obviously. But I would like us to really... You know, people talk about, oh, this team, is Tottenham are putting down a marker. Or someone's putting down a marker that they're, they're up for this, this season. And I look at this game and I think to myself, it's an opportunity for us to really get at a team and put down that marker. 
Because Wolves yeah. will always play. Wolves will always come out to play football. That's their way. They come out and they play. Wolves aren't going to do the West Brom on us. <laughs> They're not going to go, our formation to play Tottenham today is 10, and that's it. <laughs> and we hope at some point to get a set piece and maybe grab a goal. <laughs> Other than that, we were defending our box with our lives. Yeah. Uh, that's not Wolves. So it's going to no. be a game. You know, There's going to yeah. be some football played, which should be good. Yes. Um, it's just a case of our level, you know, and I think after the Chelsea game, Conte will be into them to show our level, show where we're at. Um, I did, I did see, which made me laugh. Um, someone has pointed out to Harry Kane already about the goal scoring this season. Uh, the fact that for the first time in five years, he isn't the favourite or the joint favourite for the Golden Boot. Mm. He's fourth. Oh, right, okay. And apparently, a coach at Tottenham has been pinning that to his locker every day. I like it. <laughs> so when he arrives, he is confronted with this every day, that Haaland, Salah, and one other, whose name escapes me at the moment, are Apparently, odds on more to get more goals than him. Okay. And and Sonny. <laughs> and, and he's kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I think a very fit-looking, which he is, and a highly motivated, which he definitely is, Harry Kane, this season could, once we're into it and we're flowing, could end up seeing him smash um, a few more records. Yeah, I can see it too. Um, but yeah. Uh, right, so we got time for just one more new feature, which is a new feature which we're going to have every week. Uh, unfortunately, I recorded this uh, to prepare it before the news broke that he's picked up an injury. <laughs> <laughs> but every week now, because I think it's going to happen, every, every week that he plays anyway, um, I feel like we should definitely bring in this feature. Now on the Spurs News Podcast, we discuss who Cutie Romero fought this week. <laughs> so, on the Spurs News Podcast, we are going to be discussing who Cutie Romero fought this week, as I just said in the intro. Um, this week, Cutie Romero had two victims <laughs> fighting... Uh, one guy, Kai Havertz. Did you see the incident when you were watching the game where Havertz basically fouled Romero? And I don't know, could you hear the commentary in the bar where you were? No, no, tell me. So Carragher is on commentary and Carragher says, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's laughing because he's going, and you, you just know that Cutie's like clocked that and he isn't going to let that go. And within a minute, Havertz had the ball out wide and Cutie snapped him. And I mean, he went, he took the ball perfectly, legitimate challenge, but bang, it was crunching. Cutie walks off with that sweet, innocent face that he has, like the angel, butter wouldn't melt. Havertz is on the ground, writhing around. Havertz gets up, they have a bit of aggro, they're getting at each other, and the referee books Havertz because of his reaction, and then... Tuchel takes him off, like, no, you're going to end up getting sent off or your leg broken, one or the other, get off the pitch. So that was one. The one that's obviously got more headlines <laughs> is the uh, Chelsea new signing from Brighton. Matt, do you know how to say his name? Is it Cucurella? If you say so, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him. Yeah. Uh, because Romero and him had run-ins all game. Uh, there is footage out there for everyone that will show that basically Romero got stamped on by him, which wasn't picked up by the officials. And Romero later decided to grab him by his sideshow bob hair and drag him to the ground. Now, there's a lot of discussion about this. A lot of discussion about this. When I watched this in real time, genuinely, and this is my genuine reaction... I thought he was grappling with him, like they do at corners and stuff, and he just reached out to grab whatever was there, and it just happened to be his hair. Like, he didn't, like, for me, when I watched it in real time, I didn't feel like he grabbed him by his head and joinked him to the ground. 
I felt like he was literally grabbing me. It could have been his shirt. It could have been anything. It just happened to be his hair, and that was what got pulled. That was my genuine reaction to it in full speed. When you watch the slow motion, and when you when you just see the still images of it, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like he just grabbed him and dragged him to the ground. It looks bad. So here, so here's here's a couple of things. Big debate. Why wasn't VAR involved? Why didn't he get sent off? Okay, so, one, the ref didn't actually see it. The referee was focusing on the corner. Two, in the rules, that is a booking. You grab someone by the hair, it's a booking. It's not a red card offence. So, therefore, VAR could not intervene. VAR can give penalties. So, if we'd done it in our box, VAR could have come in and said, hey, you just grabbed him by the hair. That's a, that's a free kick. It's a penalty. Yeah. But in their box... VAR, because it was a yellow card offence, and because it's not a penalty, VAR is powerless. So the VAR referee, Mike Dean, in his Tramier shirt, because he's not a Tottenham fan, I just want to remind the Chelsea fans of that, is powerless. He literally cannot say anything. He's like, oh no, that's that's outside of my remit. I cannot get involved. Mm. So the game continued and we scored. That's why. So just to clear that up for everyone... Was he a prat for doing it? Absolutely. You shouldn't... You know, if the referee had seen that, he'd have been booked, free kick, the game finishes 2-1 the Chelsea. There was no need for him to do it. So, he needs to make better decisions in that regard. I am all for him playing on the edge. I am all for him being aggressive in the face of people. But in that particular moment, 96th minute, we've got the corner. It was a stupid thing to do. Did you see uh, another incident that uh, talking about him being in people's faces when we scored the equaliser? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That I am absolutely fine with. So Harry Kane's header basically got deflected in off Reese James. And Cutie decided to really let him know about it and got in his face and then proceeded to run to the corner to celebrate like, yeah, a lunatic. Um, yeah, QT is next level shithousery. On, he really is. It, it's just, there, there's level. I thought Lamella was the king, and then we signed QT Romero, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, this and, is how you do yeah, it. Yeah, so Lamella was just like a warm-up act, and now we have the king of all shithouse. Um, <clears throat> I, I love him. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, he's a I, I, because he's a Tottenham player. If he plays for anyone else, I think he's just a horrible, horrible git, but... And it's the fact he's so good. Like, he is so good. Defending, in possession, he is so good. And he makes everyone else around him look better. And it is very, very sad that we could potentially be losing him for two to three weeks. But at the same time, I have total faith in Sanchez, who came in for the last three games last season. Including the North London derby, Sam. Yeah, stepped in for that game seamlessly. I have utter faith. And by the way, when all that was kicking off at Stamford Bridge, all these melee of coaches and everything, Davis and Sanchez, like a doorman in a nightclub, just seem to arrive every single time. That Shit. man is there. He is fully spurts. <laughs> he is committed. Even on the bench, he is there and ready to go. Um yeah, I have got complete faith in him and our new sign-in, uh, Longley. Longley, Lenglet? Yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting for him to play for us and the commentator will say his name and I'll go, right, that's how you say it then. <laughs> don't trust him because every commentator says Hoybjerg, don't they? So... Oh, no, yeah, that, that hurts. That actually mm. really hurts my brain because remember when we signed him, we did that video, he'll say my name, yeah. Pierre Emil Hoybier, and I was like, right, okay, I say I saved that on my phone, so I could know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, f- I think that's it. I, f- I think we've covered everything. We've discussed everything. We've, we're up to date. Um, Antonio Conte will probably be serving a touchline ban against Wolves, which means that Ryan Mason will be the man on the sidelines screaming at the players, and Conte will be in his ear, no doubt, via an earpiece. Um, Mason Cam. Oh, Mason Cam. By the way, speaking of Cam, Conte Cam, if you've not seen it yet, find it. 
he basically leaps down the tunnel. Yeah. And I like you lose it. He leaps and he's just gone. I've got no <laughs> idea what happens. But he full on supermans it. Um but yeah, uh I'm incredibly proud of the team for walking away with that result. Um for not shying away, for not shirking, not not kind of being bullied out of that game. Um really, really proud of them. But like we keep saying, they've now got to really back that up and go and beat Wolves. Yeah. Because if they do that, then we've had a really good start to the season. Absolutely. So that's it. Uh, hope everyone's well. We will be back next week to discuss the Wolves game. There'll be more Mystic Seb. Sadly, probably know who Cootie fought this week. Um, we will... unless, he get, unless he gets drunk in a bar somewhere. Yeah, and then that, yeah. if you see Cutie out and about, go start a fight with him and then we'll, we'll <laughs> add that in. Um, I, wouldn't, so I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everyone, until next week, you all take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description. <laughs>